Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Welcome to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, talking mostly sports, mostly in the SEC, and mostly with the Bama bias. And now, time for your hosts. Tom was a regular starter on his peewee football teams. After high school, he took a relatively unknown intramural college football team and had them one win from the playoffs. Late in his college career, he was a two-sport star and relinquished his college eligibility to enter the NBA draft. As an undrafted free agent, he turned to sports gambling and poker to make ends meet. Now he's here to share his life experiences and general sports knowledge with the world. He's Tom Sims, he's Rush Chairman, and he's damn glad to meet ya. His sidekick, who hails from Parts Unknown, Red Bay, he claims he can beat any listener at Galka, which is probably correct considering you guys have like eight listeners. He has three Fortnite Victory Royale solo wins. He's been known to weeble and wobble, but he's never fallen down. He has the face for radio and the voice for newspaper, Mr. Jason Tiffin. I welcome in to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. Half of your host team is myself, Jason Tiffin. Other half is Tom Sims. Tom, how's it going? Hey, bud. I, I just got through uh, drinking my safety concerns away for the week. We've been out of town and on airplanes, and those things just scare the bejesus out of me. But uh, I'm good now. I'm back on uh, solid ground. You didn't have Grandma's little happy pills? <laughs> they didn't help that much this time. <laughs> <laughs> I had a funny story about... We had a funny story about Grandma's uh, pills we might have to get into. It involves Las Vegas, and it is, it's glorious. I was laughing really, really hard because I knew Tom was going through just pure Armageddon, but we'll discuss that some other time. <laughs> so you were out in Utah. How was the, uh, how was the skiing? Uh, it was, it was fun. I mean, it was, uh, it was all I thought it would be. It was really nice. It snowed every day we was there. Beautiful. It was the first time I'd been. Park City. Nice. Beautiful place for sure. Um, one of our girls sustained a minor injury, uh, day one, four hours in. She forgot to take off her ankle bracelets, end up giving her a deep bruise on her, uh, tibia fibia, whichever one that is, because those ski boots are so tight, mm-hmm. and she was out of commission oh, yeah. to the last day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I didn't know you could take off those uh, police bracelets. You learn something new every day. You every day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we we're gonna have to go. We're gonna go off script a couple of times tonight. First thing we're gonna do is go off script. We have a special request from two lovely children, Kelsey. And Christian, uh, I'm not going to give last names. One because I can't it escapes me right now. And two, we need to protect the innocent. But they, uh, <laughs> their dad listens, and I guess they've been listening to us as well. So Kelsey and Christian, this is your shout out. Consider yourself hey, lucky. 
Hey guys, you you little bitty gator fans, you. Yeah. Baby Crocs. All right, uh, word of the day is undiversified, and you're gonna love the you're gonna love the uh, the definition. According to the internet, undiversified is not diversified or not varied. So, <laughs> uh, this will get it, it. It will make a hopefully a little bit of sense later on. But this podcast, we're gonna discuss. The Peach Bowl, the two playoff games, which were the Peach Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl. We're going to look at the Citrus Bowl, and we're going to look at the Gator Bowl. At least that's what I had written down. And actually, the Gator Bowl is on the TV right now. And of course, I meant the Auburn game, which was the Outback Bowl. So we're going to touch on that. Uh, but I'm going to start with the Peach Bowl, and uh, which was LSU versus Oklahoma. And we need to go to eight teams, Paul. The little guy ain't got no shot, Paul. Got to be fair about it, Paul. I'm going to jump around here, let you give you a lot to, to, to chew on. Maybe you can respond. Uh, first off, we, we saw why Tua was selected to be the quarterback over Jalen. And um, I, I had a, we had a guy, a gentleman, come to the store the day, and he, he did all but just come out and say that he felt that Jalen was the better choice at quarterback. And, dude, business is more important than feelings, so I just had to let him talk, and I didn't I didn't really retort. The only thing I retorted was, I said, well, you know, it's amazing that Jalen didn't have the same numbers Tua had because he had the exact same receivers in 2017 and had Calvin Ridley, who is a very good professional football player right now. Yeah, he's decent. He's and, decent. and I left it at that. So, you know, I know what, you know, the, the skeptics are saying, oh, well, what's he talking about? Jalen, he don't even play no defense. Well, you're right. He doesn't play defense. And Oklahoma has a terrible defense. But at one time in the game, Jalen was 5 of 19. 5 of 19. Hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a funny number. It always mm. gets my attention. No doubt. But, uh, you know, we saw Jalen uh, – he reverted back to the 2016-2017, and I do think Jalen has improved. But look at – okay, has he improved or did he just play crappier teams? Because he looked like the 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 Jalen that we came to – and we love – here's a – this is a difficult conversation to have because we love Jalen. I love Jalen. I feel like Tom loves Jalen. I feel like any – True Bama fan loves Jalen, man. He is such a great representative, was a great representative for our uh, our university. And, you know, we beat Tennessee this year. He's playing for Oklahoma. He posts a, a picture of a little, you know, like a Vine or um, TikTok on, a, on his Instagram account or Twitter of him, you know, smoking a cigar because he's an alum. He graduated. So he is one of us. But it's okay to be critical of one of us. And he looked, he looked terrible. You know, rolling out, you know, it was drop back. Bounce twice, C.D. Lamb is covered, and you roll out right, and LSU closes, and you throw it out of bounds. I mean, we saw a lot of that. So that was first and foremost that stuck out to me. Oklahoma, let's just look at them as a team. Dude, are they Notre Dame just with different uniforms? I mean, how long before you punish them and put in a two-loss team that because they play in a trash conference, they do not play defense? You know they are the they are the in the land of the blind the one-eyed man is king and they they that's what they are in the Big Twelve they're the one-eyed man, um, and back to kind of what I let off with is people wanting more teams in or you know wanting to to, to expand to eight. There's three teams this year 
And I'm, I will not listen to anybody that, say, that says Bama is four. Maybe we are four with Tua, but we don't have Tua. We have to take everything into account. But there were three teams that de- deserved to be in this year, and that was it. There's no absolutely no reason to go to six teams or eight teams. Uh, each year, this is, a, this is a pretty good stat here, each year a team has lost a CFP semifinal game by at least 18 points. And 18, you know, I had to look at all of them. 18 was the uh, – some of them have been close. But 18 was kind of the lowest blowout. And you know who that was? That was Bama Clemson, you know, 24 to 6. So Clemson definitely deserved to be in that year. We just – we were a better team. We are playing with a chip on our shoulder. And I watched the Rose Bowl yesterday. And one announcer, I don't even remember who was um, – was it Rose Bowl? Because it does not seem like Chris Fowler or Herb Street would make this commentary – Anyway, one of the guys announcing one of the games I watched yesterday said that Oklahoma getting blown out was proof that we needed more teams <laughs> in the playoffs. I'm like, what? And, you know, if 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 the powers that be or, or if the average casual fan, especially a G5 fan, got their way and you had eight teams, you had your five conference champions, you had two at large, and you had the G5 qualifier. The G5 qualifier was Memphis this year. There's no doubt they would be number eight. So here's what you would have had in round one. You would have had number eight traveling too, because everybody agrees if you go to eight teams, you got the first round has to be hosted. You would have had number eight Memphis traveling to Baton Rouge. That would have been uh, – <laughs> it might have been worse than the score we had. But – Again, railing on, we need to stay at four. Teams, listen to these scores of teams, in my opinion, did not belong in the playoffs in various years. 2014, Florida State, undefeated, lost 59-20 to to Oregon. Ohio State, 2016, lost 31-0 to, to Clemson. Michigan State, 2015, 38-0. I mean, we got two shutouts here, 38-0 to, to Bama. Notre Dame last year, we all knew they were supposed to be the number four team. They slid them in at number three because they didn't have a loss. 30-3 to to Clemson. Is there any doubt we would not have shellacked them just as bad as Clemson did? And then this year, Oklahoma, 2019, 63-28, losers to LSU. I initially put Oklahoma from last year in, but they, you know, if you remember, it was 28-0. And I can't remember if we were going to go up 35 to nothing, and we had all those penalties in a row, and I'm sure we missed a field goal. Or maybe it was 28 to 7. We're about to go up 35 to 7. But I left Oklahoma from last year off, even though, honestly, that game was never in doubt. It was an 11 point yeah, win, if memory serves. And yeah, they cut it to, I don't know, they cut it within a stone's throw a couple of times. But as soon as they did, we drove right down the field. So I guess to sum up the Peach Bowl, I know I hadn't talked a lot about the game. I mean, Joe Burrow is the best player in college football. How he went from just a serviceable SEC quarterback to the Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick in the draft, is just amazing. Hey, people get better. You know, Burrow got better. Jalen has gotten better. Uh, Coach Ogeron has gotten better. Coach Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, has gotten better. People do improve, but the, the improvement he made is just phenomenal. But the angle I'm looking at on the Peach Bowl is we do not need to expand the playoffs. Four is the correct number, and sometimes even three would be the correct number, but four is the correct number as of right now, and we need to keep it there. Good spin there, buddy. Good spin. You know I'm a proponent of going to 11, but yeah. in your defense – I am not 
I am absolutely not a proponent of giving G5s any spot in there. Thank you. I mean, if they wanted to qualify, then... I think I had a provision in mind where if you were a G5, you had to go undefeated and you had to play at least, I think it was three Power 5 conferences. Or, you know, conference, not conferences, but Power 5 games. But, yeah, but nonetheless, um, you know, I I saw the same thing you did with Jalen. One interesting stat, and you were all over it without even looking it up, because you, uh, you've got eyes, like I do, like all Bama fans do. If if, if you've watched Bama games day in and day out, it, like you said, it's clear that Tua is the, is the superior quarterback. But one interesting thing that I found uh, from Jalen's time at Oklahoma this year, they had seven games this year within – one score, you know, two two of the – I say one score. I guess technically uh, LSU wasn't within one score, but they lost that game. So <laughs> seven, seven games that they either lost or won by just a point to, to one score game, you know. Yeah, yeah. In those seven games where it was tight and, and they had to – you know, they either lost the game, which they lost two of them, or they just absolutely squeaked or eked out a win, Jalen rushed the ball on average 22 times those games. In the twelve com- or in the seven comfortable wins, he averaged 12 rushes. Tells you a lot about how his game goes. You know, when, when the game's on the line, he plays the safe route and, like you said, either throws the ball away or he tucks it and runs it, and a lot of times prematurely. He is not the guy that's going to sit there and take advantage of a secondary or a defense and use his arm to beat you, which you, you absolutely need in big games. You, you, it's been proven time and time again that if you can't move the ball by throwing it, even though you have wonderful legs and whatever else, but if you can't move the ball by throwing it, you're not going to be successful at the highest echelon of the games, playoffs, next level, so on and so forth. Um, you know, and, and I'm not going to say much more about the game. Most all of us saw it. I, I will say this, though. You know, Park City, as we mentioned, I was at uh, this week, and I'm going to tell you what. Talk about pricey. That The, the whole shebang is pricey. <laughs> uh, from from the moment you step off the airplane till, till you know, the, the – moment i step back on it is it's like everything is triple with that being Mm -hmm. said i didn't get to watch as much football as i wanted to because you know heck i I got so much invested in this trip (laughs) (laughs) so i got off the slopes uh i guess lsu and oklahoma played what friday or saturday uh, that was a set, you know, Saturday. It was like regular Saturday. Football. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So I, I got off the the slopes on Saturday, and and was booking it, you know, to get in front of a t- TV. I got into a, one of the the local pubs at the toe of the slope. Walked in and looked up, and I was like, oh man, they went ahead and took care of business, forty nine to fourteen. That's whew, about what I expected. But man, that's great. And looked over, and dude said, it's halftime. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Holy smoke!" So yeah, I don't even think sixty-three to twenty-eight, which was the final, was indicative of how that bat, that no, game uh, no. was. No, you they know, could have. Was, uh, you know, it's crazy. Uh, Burrow played in 
deep into the third. I don't know if he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Like, that is just crazy. But I guess when you have a quarterback that is not made out of glass, you can play him when you want to. Apparently. But, all right. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, I got you on that one, Tom. Yeah, I did uh, Did get in in time to see this one. Hey, wait, wait, hey, hey one, one second, one second. One, hey, Tom, Tom, Tom. Sorry to interrupt. Yo, sure. Um, uh, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead. Uh well anyway I did I did see the Clemson game. Hey Tom Tom and, Tom uh, Tom one Tom one second please. <laughs> oh, all right all right go is, go ahead this will make sense in a minute go ahead and talk I won't interrupt you again. <laughs> Are you sure? I promise Scout's honor I'm done. Yep go ahead. <laughs> all right so I'm gonna ask you a question here Do you think the best team won the game Clemson and Ohio State point blank? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I know where you're going at. Uh, the team that played the best in the first half did not win the game, but man, what the heart of a champion shone through with that bunch. So go ahead and tell us it's, what you got. I'm, 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 yeah, no, I'm it's, it's hard to say. And I don't think there's a definitive answer. I'm, I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not saying, Hey, it's clear cut. Ohio state is, is better than Clemson, but I think it's arguable for sure. Uh, particularly, like you said, the way Ohio State played the first – Ohio State was, I mean, just within a hair of making that game out of reach in the first half, just point blank. Mm-hmm. They had – well, they had it first and goal twice, and both times ended up having to kick field goals. And even on Clemson's uh, uh, touchdown drives to get back into it, I think at least two of them were – it was punting time on both drives. One of them, they roughed the punter, and then that that kept them alive, and they end up scoring a touchdown. And the other one was the, uh, what was it, a roughing the passer or, or oh, that was the targeting. Yeah, 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 the the targeting mm-hmm. call, mm-hmm. Uh, and that was gonna be what fourth and twenty. So in both instances, penalties, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, kept them in it for sure. You know, and I'll go even a step further. Does uh, does Ohio State lose that game if Dobbins doesn't get hurt? Uh, it's a, you never know, you know. I mean, yeah, he, he's, I mean, he a, he's had, a dude. Dobbins he is had a over hundred, no doubt. He had over a hundred and thirty yards in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly those big two break it off in your runs, but you know once he twisted his ankle, I don't I don't think he played at all or near at all in the third quarter. I think he come back in late third, I think, to finish the game out. But it it was obvious he he wasn't the same runner he was in the first half. But 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 no, you nailed sure. it. You know, Clemson did the things they needed to do down the down the stretch to win the game. And and by gosh. That's how I, an end of the game is supposed to be with two heavyweights because those were those were two heavyweight teams in that game Saturday, and you know I'm when Ohio State goes down and scores in the fourth on that long drive against that that Clemson. I mean Clemson's defense is elite. There's no doubt in my mind that they have the best defense in the country. There zero doubt in my mind. Um, when you make that long drive in the fourth quarter, when you're down three to take the lead, that's a that's a man's football team right there, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. It was, and 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 guess what? Clemson answered, and, and Ohio State almost come back in the end and, and do it. I mean, again, I couldn't have asked for a better 
semifinal or a national. That would have been a heck of a national championship game too. Either way, uh, mm-hmm. if Bama's not going to be in it, that was that was a good one. But that was a that was an either or game for me. Uh, and now I will I will tell you this though, and this is this is this is uh, big big props to to Clemson. And, and and how they won that, but do you realize that Clemson this year is in the exact same situation that Alabama was in last year? You know, the the first year of the playoff, Alabama, of course, did not win it. That was the upset year for Ohio State. But Bama wins the second year, and then the third year, Clemson wins. Mm-hmm. The fourth year, Alabama wins. We'd won two out of three, and then we're going into last year with the opportunity to go three out of four. Three out of four is huge. I mean, that's that's an absurd number. And we had that opportunity in front of us last year with an undefeated season, you know, before Clemson took it to us. But we had an opportunity for three out of four. Well, you take that last year away and give it to Clemson, well, guess what? They're in the exact same boat this year with an opportunity to win three out of four. Mm -hmm. But you want to know what makes this so strange to me? Clemson has been an underdog in every championship game. That's true. I didn't think about that. That's hard to believe, but they they are on the verge of winning three out of the last four national championships and they're an underdog yet again. That, that's mm-hmm. that's wild. That's a wild wild stat. Uh, all I have, I've got three topics on the three things on the Fiesta Bowl, and we'll go quick. Uh, targeting call was correct by rule, but this is not what they had in mind when they created this rule. They created that rule to where that when the receiver is, is you know thrown high, he jumps up and stretches and gets it and he comes down and he's twisting and some guy absolutely cleans his clock ball goes flying helmet goes flying that's why targeting was invented or or the blind side hit on the quarterback and you hit him high i mean we're penalizing this guy for making a foot a great football play crushed him and i mean trevor dipped his head so i'm not the rule was <clears throat> it was not incorrect this the, the rule is crap Excuse me. The rule is what needs to be changed. And um, you know what the crazy thing is? You mentioned Bama, Ohio State 2014. If you remember, in that game, we went up 21 to nothing. We kick off, and I don't know if it was uh, Reuben Foster. Somebody absolutely crushed the uh, the kickoff return man inside the 20. Might have been inside the 15. I mean, we hammered him. And a little-used uh, defensive back by the name, I think, of Maurice Smith, he ended up transferring to Georgia. He stood over the guy that got crushed. He didn't even make the hit. He stood over the guy that got crushed. They called taunting, 15-yard penalty. You know, it got it got um, Ohio State probably to the, any, somewhere between the 25 and the 32. And they went down and scored, made it 21-13. I mean, I would have loved to have seen that game replayed where they're inside the 15-yard the line and maybe we get a three and out up 21-6. to six. I mean, we're going to put them to bed. I felt the same way when they got that sack. It was 16 nothing. It was probably uh, less than six minutes left in the half, and they're about to punt to Ohio State, and Ohio State's going to be in a great position. At, at minimum, Ohio State's going to run some plays, 
punt, and then Clemson might score before half and make it 16-7. to But as we know, Clemson scores on that drive, and then Lawrence runs the long run, and, and they score two touchdowns after that targeting. And then, uh, you know, one of the best players on, a, on Ohio State's team, the safety's ejected. So it was just terrible. Refs, the same refs that screwed up the Iron Bowl were the ones that called that game. I don't know if you knew that or not because I don't, I'm sure you did, but the catch, fumble, and then scoop and score to absolutely got Ohio State beat. You can say what you want to. I know the game would have played out a lot differently if that would have up, upheld, but that got them beat. That, that was what the momentum they needed. The guy caught it and took three steps. And they're like, well, he didn't make a football move. I'm like, what? I didn't even know football move was in the verbiage of college football. I knew it was NFL, but I did not. I thought it was two feet down, possession of the ball in college. But now he's like, well, he didn't make a football move. Well, how many damn steps you got to take to make a football move? The guy took three with possession of the ball. As you can tell, I I was for Ohio State. I do not want Clemson because if Clemson wins, we're officially dethroned as the, the team to beat. You can say what you want to say. And last thing, replay sucks. It really, really sucks. And that, which goes <laughs> back to um, which goes back to, to the play I just talked about. But in the very first part of this segment, Tom, I interrupted you twice. How did that make you feel? It, it didn't make me feel good. I was really it didn't sad make you feel about good. it. How do you, what do you think our listeners are like, crap, what's this guy doing? This is what replay has become. It 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 <laughs> slows down the game, and it it you know you're watching the game. You're getting both teams getting in a flow, and then bam, got to have a replay. And I tell you what, if I'm Ryan Day, I'm I'm sending word to the conference officials. I'm like, look here, I've got a coach that's going to watch every play of every game, and he is going to buzz anytime he even thinks there might be targeting. He's going to buzz down, and I want it replayed. Because that's what we're doing. We're replaying every stinking play, and a great hit on Trevor Lawrence ends up turning the game, and then then the replay absolutely blows it on the catch, fumble, scoop, and score. And you know, you'll never believe who agrees with me on this, Danny Connell. He says get rid of it. And I, I've said it in early podcasts, if we're not going to use it, then get rid of it because you're not using it correctly. Yesterday, Bama, Michigan, I don't know. did You, you didn't get to watch much, did you? Yeah, I got to sit in the airport. In, okay. Um, you know, they hit a little out route and, uh, we tackle them. The guy had possession of the ball, took two steps. He is going down as he is tackled. You know, I mean, he, he's getting tackled and, or I think he's kind of slipping and we're, and we go ahead, we're going to hit him and, uh, and we punch the ball out. They call incomplete pass. They call fumble. I don't remember what they called it. They screwed it up, whatever it was. And they didn't replay it. I'm like they that's what it, you replayed right there. They called it a catch right and down and never replayed it. You're right, but you know, and I I didn't touch on that a while ago and 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 about the uh, scoop and score thing, but but you're right. Two things. One of them, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm gonna ask this question because I don't really know the answer, but I think I do. On the targeting call, there was no call on the field. Correct. No. That just come down. No. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. so so that, that, wonder, that was somebody arbitrary <clears throat> pulling that one out. Yeah, somebody and, asked me uh, about, like, if Trevor, you know, Lawrence got hurt. I mean, he got hammered. Somebody said, well, if Lawrence would just popped right up, um, would that have been called? I don't know. That's a good question because, you know, he he was hurt. He was injured. And I'm mm-hmm. so tired of the announcers interjecting, well, we might want to look at that. You don't think the replay official knows that's going on 
And he's like, crap, sure. the announcer saw it. Now the world knows to look for it. I better buzz and we better take a look at this. How about do your job? Don't. I would love to see ESPN, CBS, ABC, all of them say, do not comment on targeting anymore unless it is called. If it's called, yeah. comment all you want. But if you see something you think might be targeting, keep your mouth shut. Don't put seeds in the in the public's head that may well need to look at that. Talk about anything else. Then if it gets replayed and it's targeting, talk all you want. But man, I, I'm I'm fed up with targeting. I'm fed up with replay. Uh, just killing the the pace of the game. And I mean, Daryl came over yesterday. And we watched him. And man, if if Bama ever gets back to where we're seven five eight and four, I don't know how much interest I'll have in watching football. I mean that that is how frustrated I am at the way football has gone with the targeting and with the replay. But I I will get off yeah. my soapbox now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that <clears throat> shape. But but you know also on your your scoop and score comment there, and I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, the football move is very arbitrary. If you're going to say that you have to make a football move before you can call that a fumble, how do they uh, how do they call it a catch when a guy just catches it and then glides a foot down before falling mm-hmm. out of bounds? That's that's a I heck know, of a football move there, you know. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Especially in the college game where it's one foot. All right, yeah. let's move on. We're going off script again. We're going to talk about the Outback Bowl first. Then we're going to uh, we're going to talk about the Citrus. And Tom has a nice little surprise for us. Quickly on the Outback Bowl, Auburn uh, lost. Always good, always pleasant. Uh, Auburn is undiversified. They are not varied, and they are not diversified. Here's what I mean by that: when it's not Bama, sometimes LSU and sometimes Georgia, but definitely Bama. If they're not playing Bama, you don't know what you're going to get with them. I mean, they're going to you know Minnesota. They should have beat them. They, they they're a better ball. They should be should be a better ball club than Minnesota. And they the the they should have got beaten worse. I mean, they had two offensive touchdowns. They had twenty four yards rushing, two hundred fifty four yards of total offense. They had a ninety six yard kick return that got them seven. But it's just you know that Auburn is who we thought they were, but. When Bama goes down there, they are who we feared that they are. <laughs> I mean, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know when we'll beat them down there again because we've discussed that in other podcasts. The other thing about it, and this is, you know, Gus, I don't know, you didn't get to watch this one. They ran a fake punt on fourth and five, and they streaked the guy down the middle of the field. They The, the way they lined up, I don't, I don't even know. It might have been the damn center. I don't even remember. But they <laughs> streaked the guy down the middle of the field. They threw the pass. And of course, it was a it was a horrible. It was worse than Georgia's fake punt against Bama last year. Well, we're watching both games, and we've got the Auburn game on mute. Gus is giving the ref the business, and and then Bo Nix, just like his daddy, is complaining to the refs. That's a shocker. Bo Bo is such a good Auburn man. I mean, he fits that program to a T. Chip on his shoulder, and he's going to complain to the refs about everything. And I, I looked. I'm, I looked at Daryl. I'm like, man, what is he complaining about? I mean, it's a terrible call. Found out today, he was complaining because the 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 guy guarding the uh, the receiver again, who was a, a a fat guy. Well, it's not like they had a Anthony Schwartz out there trying to catch the pass. 
uh, the guy, and it's on a punt, it's a fake punt, and the guy has his arm, he's kind of riding the receiver, the, the eligible receiver, down the field because it's a punt. You can do that. You know, and Gus is just looking for any little any little gray area rule that he can exploit <laughs> because he's an idiot savant and he's, you know, you can't get the high school out of him. And he he's that's what they were complaining about. Uh, but, you know, it just, you know, he's the reason – yeah, he's the, he's the reason – Gus is yeah, the reason crazy. that high school teachers make out two different tests because they know kids are going to try to cheat off each other. And he's that second kid that has to be given test B, and everybody around him has to get test A because that, that's his that's his shtick. And, he, you know, <laughs> and it makes his day when he pulls that off. So, anyway, done with Auburn. Thank goodness for 2019-2020. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, Citrus Bowl, you know, Bama won. Always good to beat Michigan, and uh, they've who has lost their last four bowl games in a row. Uh, defense is suspect. Shocker. De- you know, it was sickening watching our defense the first half. I mean, eight yards, ten yards, twelve yards, seven yards. It just it was nauseating. But we we whatever we did at halftime, it worked. We we shut them out. You know that was uh, that I was I was impressed by that because their running backs look really good. Uh, Mac Jones is a good he's he's a he's a surprise. I mean I I didn't know how good he would be. To me, we were talking about this. You know, if Tua Tungavaloa never existed, Mac Jones, we'd be excited as ever about Mac Jones. Uh, to me, he has more upside than Jake Coker. Uh, definitely better than uh, – I would say right now he's probably equal with Coker, how Coker finished the 2015 season. Um, definitely better than Greg McElroy, Blake Sims. And I do think – I don't think he's quite AJ, but I think he could get there if if that is the way things shake out. And we just don't know. Tua announces on Monday whether he's coming back. I mean, Bryce Young, we've talked about on this podcast a little bit. I think we have anyway. You know, he's the hot shot five-star from California. I just really feel like Bryce Young is going to be our next national championship quarterback. So, we don't really know. And Max graduated. So, I feel like if Tua comes back, Max's going to go to the portal. And I don't, I wouldn't blame him. That kid can play for – he could start for probably, uh, you know, 70, 80, 90 teams out there right now. Uh, lastly, on the, 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 the game, the wide receivers we have, that we will never have a group of wide receivers assembled – uh, like we do right now, and it's just not from a talent standpoint. I mean, somebody texted me earlier the year this year that Jerry Judy had turned into a prima donna, and I did not see it. I don't see it. I mean, the the kids are happy for each other. I mean, they do rock paper scissors scissors to see who gets to do what route to where they think they can score, and um, I mean, they, they're such good teammates. So happy for each other. So selfless. And it's like a, I play Fortnite, uh, squad up with this guy named Rooster, and he's a little kid from uh, from Tennessee. And every time we play, he's like, oh, man, I got that kill. How many kills you got? I got I got five. How many you got? I'm like, Rooster, Rooster, it's a team game, brother. We're in it together. When we, if we finish the game with 10 he kills. He had more than you, didn't he? We got 10 kills. Not I got six, you got two. No, we got 10 and and that is the that's the attitude our receivers have. If they squad up, they don't care who gets the credit. They just want to win. Yeah, uh, I went back and looked at this too, and and I agree, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's what I was looking at. I'm I'm going to miss watching this unit play, but 
check out this stat line. 26 for 39, 335, and four touchdowns. 16 for 25, 327, and three touchdowns. Those are max stats in the last two games of the year that he had to play. And and you know what else is, uh, uh, I'm not going to say strange, but what else is important about those stats? Those stats came against the number 8 and the number 20th defense in the nation. Those are the two de- uh, toughest defenses we played all year, mm-hmm. Auburn and Michigan. You know, those by far the two toughest defenses that we had to face. And Mac, I mean, hard to argue that. Over 300 yards passing in each, four touchdowns against Auburn, three against Michigan. He's obviously making some mistakes, but those are his first two true starts as a, a player, and his first one was with everything on the line, every playoff hope implication you wanted on the line. Mm-hmm. And that's just not a bad stat line. And if you had to ask me today, and I'm going to ask you before I answer, of course, you, you know where I'm going with this with the leading question, but who do you take, Mac or Jalen? Oh, I, I'm. I think you got to take Mac. I, there was somebody actually tweeted that out about how Mac has has you know been a a pleasant surprise and done all that has been asked of him, even more so than if Jalen would have come in. And I mean, you got to take Mac because we got our receivers and, and quickly interjecting about our receivers. I love the people right now that are saying, "Well, you know, yeah, look at Mac's numbers. Look at it. How, he's got the best receivers. Oh, really? He does? Then why didn't one of our receivers get put up for the Blitnikoff Award? I'm not saying want it." Why didn't, they weren't even mentioned for the Bolitnikov because all of a sudden when it was Tua, it's like, oh, well, the, we don't know how good the receivers are because Tua's just so good. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't have it both ways. Either the receivers are great or Tua's great or a combination of both, and I think we know what the answer is. And, you know, one thing is Bama fatigue. But, yeah, it's I'm, I'm taking Mac over Jalen right now. I, I think I would too. You know, another stat that uh, continued on in the bowl game – Michigan's kicker was perfect, including a 57-yarder. <laughs> That's unbelievable, man. Yeah. Yeah, went through the entire year without a uh, without a team missing a field goal against us. I guess we need to do a better job of uh, field goal blocking or something. I don't know. That's uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Somebody tweeted out, they said, looks like a team would try a 70-yarder just to see if the stat can hold up. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> No doubt. I would definitely go for a personal best in a game like that for sure. <laughs> now, I, I, I tell you what, and I, All right. I was just going to move right in from, from talking about Mac and Jalen and whatnot, but I've been thinking a lot about this Tua thing, and, and I personally am highly surprised that there's even a decision to be made here by Tua. I thought this would have been a a done deal, you know, the week after the season was going. But and he's not Tua is not a guy that's out here on Twitter every day or or seeking the limelight and stuff. I mean, he's a he's a really good kid, and when he says he has a decision, I believe him. I'm surprised he has a decision, but I believe he's really, I mean, he's really considering this thing. If I'm him, if I'm giving him advice, I'm going, 
dude, get to the NFL. Just go ahead and take it. You know, you at, at worst, you're going to get drafted likely around number 15. I would say at worst. Uh, and, and and go mm-hmm. make your millions and, and do it. But on the flip side of that, as good as he is, I'm not so sure that they can't make him and his family comfortable with the insurance. I don't know the financial uh, ins and outs of his family, but I don't think that they're just by... Just based on what I see, you know, them moving from Hawaii to Alabama and having multiple kids in school at once and whatnot, they don't they don't seem like they're struggling and and need the money, you know. So I don't think it's one of those things where I have to get out here and do mm-hmm. something to to help my family. I don't think the family support is weighing in on this decision. And so with that said, you know, he he may be very well be given some some deep thought into coming back but there's a couple of couple of things i've been thinking about so one if he decides to come back and i think he would only decide to come back if he was well insured i think and also i think when i was watching the clemson game they actually flashed a stat up that said something about trevor lawrence having like a five million dollar policy did you see that no, I didn't. I didn't notice. But I mean, goodness, if I was him, I'd go a hundred yeah, I mean, million. His, his propensity exactly. to make so money I is guess high. What, the point that I was getting at is is these policies can be significant, and he's worth every penny, of course. So I think he could comfortably mm-hmm. be insured. So let's just do a, 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 a suppose here. So if he comes back, and you already hit on it, Max definitely gone. Uh, I don't think there's any question that he would yeah. go try to find a graduate. He'd probably end up in Oklahoma. Uh, if uh, <laughs> and, and, and that still leaves his brother Talia and, like you said, all-American high school guy Bryce Young there to battle it out for the, for next year's thing. All right, so now let's 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 roll the dice on the other end, and this one is more interesting to me. If Tua decides to go pro, and let's just say Miami drafts him, because that that's where a lot of people are, are looking. I think Miami ends up with that middle fourth re- or first round pick. And let's say Miami drafts him. Does the Tua family, the Tunga Vailoa family, pack up and take Talia to Miami? I, I think so. Um, I, I think they do because I, who was I? Don't know if it was Daryl or Neutron. Yesterday asked me if Tua Tungavaloa did not exist, if he was not a person, he was never born, and but Talia was born and is who he is. Would Talia be on the team? And I just don't think he would be. He had, I think he had one other offer like SEC, you know, Tennessee. But I just, I don't think he will ever be the guy at Alabama. Yeah, I, I don't know that much about him. I know that he played well in high school at one of the highest levels in Alabama. That always doesn't mm-hmm. translate to, to success. I know that, but uh, it, it's just interesting to me that that you have a guy that's coming in. Bryce Young is coming in with. 
I'm going to say very likely significantly more hype than Tua ever came in with. Nobody knew Tua was Tua when he came out of high school. He only had two major offers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, USC pulled his offer, if I remember. Weren't they going through a coaching change and they pulled his offer, which is where he wanted to go? I, I don't – you know, it, all the Pac-12 schools were, you know, after him or in some form or yeah. fashion. But but nonetheless, it was uh, – Bryce has got a huge, huge upside if you ask anybody – and so he's coming in with a lot of heyday. So does if the Tungvaloa family just seems to be so close knit to me that you know they send their kid to college and they move their entire family over to watch him. So if their kid goes to Miami mm-hmm. and they still have the option of moving their entire family to say Miami and still have them all together and can watch both of them, I, that seems like that's a very real possibility to me. So. It'll be interesting. Yeah. We'll uh, see what happens Monday. Yep, it will be. And it's, it's, um, I don't know, you know, I, I felt like he was coming back. And then Vegas actually has him, the odds of him going to the NFL at minus 350, which we know that means they feel like he's gone. But then you, you listen to a lot of the college top people, Greg McElroy, and as a host of others. They feel like he's coming back. So uh, I, I have mixed feelings. One one part of me says, you've put in your time. Thank you for your service. Go make your money. And then another one was, is, man, keep the band together, you know, uh, and, and, and make one more run at it. And, you know, another domino fell today with uh, Leatherwood. But it appears that Dylan Moses now is waffling on whether or not to come back or not. So I, I don't know. But best of luck, whatever Tua decides, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we're about to close it out here with our predictions for the national championship game. Tom, who you got? I got Clemson. I, I got them going three out of four. I thought, uh, you know, when, when we, we talked about the playoffs a couple weeks ago, I thought that Clemson and Ohio State were the two best teams. LSU was third best, and, and you know, they didn't struggle with Oklahoma, obviously, like I thought they might. Mm-hmm. But I still, I still think the two best teams played in the first round, and uh, I'm I'm surprised Clemson is an underdog. Uh, I really am. I thought they would be favored regardless, and uh, LSU's going to be in for a uh, a surprise on that defense because they will get pounded uh, by Clemson offensively, and they will not have seen a defense anywhere close to this caliber all year. I, I like Clemson. For three out of four, unfortunately. I'll be rooting for LSU like you will, though. Yeah, well, I'm going LSU. Uh, They got the best player in college football, and I don't think they will be settling for field goals in the first half as Ohio State did. You know, and one big key, probably to me the biggest key this year, is Clemson did not get a bye into the finals like they did last year getting to play Notre Dame. Uh, You know, Clemson had to – the play they scored on against the – the game clinching touchdown, you know, it was a gadget play. They they streaked uh, was ETN kind of got lost in the shuffle, and uh, yep. uh, Lawrence acted like he was gonna you know it was gonna be like a quarterback draw. And I, it was kind of like the Tebow jump pass, but it was from a lot farther out than ETN did the rest. But see that play, and that's the thing that goes back to where Clemson does not play in a real conference. What's the chances of LSU or Alabama or Auburn having that play 
and being able to not have to use it the entire regular season, the ACC championship game, they got to save that play for the one time they needed it, which was in the semifinal game. Mm-hmm. And it worked because your your little gadget plays aren't always going to work. I mean, you know, we ran something very similar against LSU one year down there in overtime. Like, cause that's mm-hmm. when we had to have it. And I think Clemson, they are very, very talented, but I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the fact they had to really exert themselves in the semifinals this year and LSU played the role of Clemson last year where they got basically the bye to, to get in. I think they I think they win it. I hope they win it. <clears throat> but it will be a, be a good game. Be interesting to see. I, I, I think the, the top two teams are in it. You obviously think that team one and three are playing for it. One and three are playing for it, LSU and uh, Clemson. But you think it's uh, Clemson one, LSU three, and that's fine. Everybody's right to their opinion. Everybody's right has a right to be wrong. Um. <laughs> that wraps us up here, and I don't know. We've talked about it on the other podcast. Are we going to do – did we commit to breaking down the title game? I think we did. I think we're going to do it Tuesday after, which is a couple of weeks, about a week and a half from now. And uh, But that will wrap us up for uh, – after that yeah. one, that would definitely wrap us up for season one. And uh, if you're traveling to Auburn from Alcorn State University in unincorporated Claiborne County, Mississippi this weekend – Go east till you smell it, and then north till you step in it. And the reason I chose Alcorn State, Tom, Auburn opens with them next year. Like, I thought that was a misprint. I looked at who they open with. I'm like, that's got this has got to be a basketball schedule. There's no way they're opening up with Alcorn State. But, yeah, they're opening up with Alcorn State. So. <laughs> Yeah, I saw your summary. I thought I thought they might have been playing them in basketball this weekend. I had no idea it was their first football opponent. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, good job, guys. <laughs> All right, guys, take it easy. See you all in a couple weeks.